we're going to talk some postseason now. Andrew Bovich, of course, he is the CBS Sports Radio Network anchor for the mornings and Play.it podcast host. It's uh, Bogish at the Plate. You can hear that on the Play.it podcasting network. Andrew, how are you? Nice to uh, nice to talk to you. I'm a horrible Glad person. Here here I am. I apologize. Hey, better late than never. I had uh, I had an interview set up with Matt Reynolds earlier in the summer when he was still in AAA and. Uh, I had I'd planned my show around it, and he just never called. And I was emailing the guy, the the PR guy, and you know, at the end of the show, like an hour after, he said, "Oh, I apologize." Matt said, uh, "Matt just he couldn't make it, and just never got the reschedule." But uh, I'm glad you're here and talk some uh, Major League Baseball postseason with you. Yeah, again, I, I I assume Matt wasn't talking to the Arlington or Somers High School girls soccer coaches to prep, prep for a. Uh, a, a, a TV broadcast the next day, like I was, but uh, I'm sure his excuse is better than that. So yes, I here he, here we are, and I am yours for however long you need. All right, beautiful. We'll go until about nine o'clock. That's when the show ends. So let's just jump right into it. Um, we're gonna look back a little bit uh, first, just the Dodgers and Nationals series, the Game Five in DC. And man, and I saw this stat on you. You would, you tweeted about it. Kershaw gets his first save since 2016, and who is his catcher? but Henley Jansen, which is absolutely hilarious that he was the guy who was catching him. Uh, how surprised were you that he came back after throwing 115-plus pitches uh, in Game 4 to get this save? Well, I guess I, I, I would have been less surprised had Dave Roberts not so strongly said he wasn't available before the game. I mean, I, you know, usually a manager like will give you the, well, everyone's available or you know, like kind of leave the door open for anything to happen, but he very adamantly said there's no Kershaw tonight, and then and then boom, there he was, and it was just, um, you know, it's great theater. I mean, I, it just it makes me want to manage one of these games so badly because I would just that's the kind of stuff I want to do. I, I want to be creative and gutsy and sometimes I guess stupid <laughs> too. And, and I, I want to put my pitcher in. Um, I want to bring my ace out of the bullpen late in the game and use my closer to try and get seven, eight, or nine outs. I mean, that to me that is maybe the most fun part of these games is that it completely goes off the normal regular season rails where you just every move is out there and possible and you know we beg managers to be creative and think smartly and um, do things that more go in line with stats and trends whatever all season long and they usually ignore us uh, and then all of a sudden they're pulling out all the stops in the postseason I just I just love it. Now, for Dave Roberts, do you think this was something that Kershaw went up to him and was like, hey, you know, put me in this game. I want to pitch the ninth inning. I'll help you out any way I can. Or do you think this was something where Dave Roberts went to, hey, do you think you you know, jump in for the ninth inning here and, and help us close this down? The story was is that, that Kershaw went to him after realizing that Kenley Jansen was going to struggle to get nine outs and said, here I am if yeah. you need me. And I guess he suggested a full inning. Um, and that was the story that they both told separately after the game. I mean, I, I guess in theory they could have had a little mini powwow uh, and, and got their stories together, but that seems like way too much overthinking and overplanning, and when would they have done yeah. it after the game was over? And so to me, they just, that's what happened. Um, so, you know, so maybe it's not even Dave Roberts, there's the credit, it's Kershaw for putting himself out there um, and then actually doing the job. But yeah, we, we, you know, because I look at this situation and I look at the situation that happened last year in the postseason in the World Series where Matt Harvey dominates through eight innings in game five of the World Series and argues with his manager who wants to take him out of the game and says, hey, I'm staying in the game. I want to finish this game. 
you know, how, how criticized do you think Dave Roberts would have been if he allows Kershaw to go in this game and Daniel Murphy comes up with a, a home run or something like that and they walk off? You know, it, it's, it's just kind of double-edged sword in that sense. Well, you know, it's, it's somewhat similar to the questions asked after Buck Showalter didn't go to Zach Britton in the wild card game, and, and one of my colleagues at CBS said that we would have been just, you know, we would have been just as angry had he used Britton in that spot and Britton extended the game and then somebody else, you know, blew the game later on because they didn't have their closer left. And I, I just, I, I, I disagreed then. I, you know, had Dave Roberts gone to Clayton Kershaw in that spot and Murphy did something, I, I think we would have talked again about how bad Clayton Kershaw is in the postseason uh, and been unfair in that conversation, too. I don't know that, that Dave would have gotten um, too much, at least from, from where I sit. I mean, his ace told him he was ready to go. Um, he did. He put him in in a spot that, you know, you would rather have him, you know, no one else rather than him in that spot. I don't want Luis Avalon uh, facing Murphy in that spot if it can't be Kenley Jansen. No. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I think he did, did the right thing. It doesn't work out, then sometimes you just say, hey, the other guy made the right play and the other guy was better, and so be it, and you move on. It would have stunk for the Dodgers. Um, but I don't, I don't think that you have to either applaud him or crush him. I mean, he could have made because you know you get in a weird spot if you try and grade every decision based on the results because these guys aren't robots. It's not a hundred percent, a hundred percent predictable. You know, you can make the right call and then the guy doesn't execute. That doesn't mean the call was wrong. It just means that the execution was. So yeah, I, I think I think Dave made the right choice in putting Kershaw in, and then Kershaw just did his job. Now, do you think he should have brought, been brought in to face Bryce Harper? Because I'm sitting there and I'm watching the game, and I don't know if you happen to be you know, staying up that late to watch the game because I know you have to work early in the morning, uh, but I'm sure you, you heard about it, you saw it. And um, do you think he should have been brought in to, to face Harper in that situation? Because I know Harold Reynolds was thinking, hey, if this guy's up, he's coming in to face Harper because you could clearly see Kenley Jansen throwing more pitches he's ever thrown before in, in, in his professional career. He was clearly gassed out there. He threw 52 pitches, 29 of them for strikes, and walked four guys. Yeah. I ended up blocking him and Worth. Do you think he should have came in to face Harper? Um, I don't. You know what? I don't. The only the only hesitation I have is I don't remember Kershaw versus Worth, um, and, and having Clayton having to face him in that spot. Um, but yeah, I, I would have put Kershaw in as soon as he was ready uh, in that mm-hmm. inning. Um, so if I knew if he was ready for Harper, he would have got in for Harper. I just not being in that dugout, um, maybe he wasn't ready. And, and again, not remembering what the matchup was with Worth historically between those two, uh, maybe that was a reason to hold Kershaw past him. Uh, maybe Dave just didn't want to use him for too much and have him throw too many pitches. Um, but, yeah, I, I, pr- I would have put him in as soon as he was ready. And if that meant Harper, then, then that's when, when he would have came in. Absolutely. Uh, we're talking with Andrew Bogish of CBS Sports Radio Network. He's an update anchor and played out a podcast host on Bogish at the plate. Um, Andrew, one more thing about this this series. When I watched this game, and I don't know if you saw this, Justin Turner, they had, that at bat that he had, I believe it was in the fourth or fifth inning against uh, Max Scherzer where he fouled yep. off about 13 or 14 pitches, man. I'll tell you, to me, that was the difference in this ball game because if he doesn't do that and break up – you know, because Scherzer was absolutely cruising. If he doesn't break up uh, Scherzer's rhythm there and makes him throw a lot of pitches, he probably goes deeper into this game, and and maybe the Dodgers don't come back and get those runs later in the game. Well, I think the I think they were five for twelve um, Dodger hitters off of Scherzer after that at bat. 
culminating mm-hmm. in the home run that took him out. Now, um, so I, I, I partially and, and, a, and a good deal understand what Dusty Baker was doing. I still would have let Scherzer keep pitching. I mean, it's, it's one pitch into the inning. He's under 100. He's my guy. Um, he's the yeah. guy I want pitching still in that spot. There's nobody else in that bullpen that I like more than fatigue him there. Um, but I, but there is a little bit of reasoning behind Dusty doing it there. But yeah, that that Turner bet, at bat was everything, and that's you know the the stupid cliche kind of throwaway line. You don't always see those things in the in the box score, but that's that game turned there. I mean, everything about that at bat changed um, all subsequent at bats, and it's a huge, huge at bat. And then he had the the, the hit to extend things later on. I mean, that guy. Yep. He's just a stud. He's just an absolute. He's a baseball player. Uh, I love that line, and he's he's a baseball player. It certainly fits Justin Turner. That's the exact way that I used to describe him when he was on the Mets, and I I, I got into a little Twitter thing with uh, Satesh from WFAN. I don't know if you know him, one of the tape operators there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah, we got into a little thing on Twitter, and and I made a comment about how I didn't the Mets ever let him go, and I know he wasn't what he was and what he is now, but you know, yeah. just I always viewed him as a baseball player, and was just a smart guy, and just had a good looking swing, and with the right opportunity, maybe could could be a full time player. I didn't know he was going to turn into this, but man, he he turned out to be one heck of a baseball player. But let's move on to the Cubbies in the Dodgers series. Uh, you know, the Cubs kind of blew this one open late in the game. You know, eight four they ended up taking game one and game two currently underway. I haven't even looked at it yet if they uh, they've got any score. It's actually, it's one nothing Dodgers, Dodgers in the third. There you go. And um, you know, the, the Dodgers did good to come back late in this game uh, off of Aroldis Chapman, and then of course the grand slam by Montero kind of blew things open. What did you think of the series of events that that took place where you know the Cubs winning three one? And then they, you know, off of Chapman, they tie it, and then they come right back and get that grand slam and kind of bring the Wrigley crowd right back into it. How big was that series of events for the Cubs? Uh, I mean, that's it's only game one, and the Dodgers have bounced back nicely so far through two plus innings to lead, and Kershaw's been good uh, here in game two. But it's that's, you know, that's the kind of hit that can be hard to come back from. And and you know, we go right back to to Dave Roberts and and pitching decisions, and they're walking guys every other batter there to load the bases to get to Montero. You know, and it, and it goes back to my point about execution. You know, they get even though it's trouble, there's bases loaded. I, that always scares me to walk the bases loaded because now you've got no room for error, a wild pitch, whatever it is. But you know. Joe Blanton's got Miguel Montero at 0-2, and he throws a terrible slider, and Montero hits it at 500 feet. So, you know, again, we're in a position of let's, you know, we can grade the manager decision, but the players kind of dictate how things pan out, and Blanton made a bad pitch, and Montero hit it. Um, and it just, you know, it's an all-time playoff moment. It's a, that was a heck of a game one. I, I hope that the next five or six games in the series are, are just as good. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, it's 0-2, man. You've got to bury that pitch. You, you can't let him even put a swing on the ball. Let him try to yeah. pitch it. It was a terrible pitch by Blanton, and uh, he definitely paid for it. Last thing on the Dodgers here, do you think they have any shot in this series? Because obviously the Cubs are, are highly favored, and my boss Adam Bloom would like you to say that the Dodgers have a lot of you know, a big shot in this series, um, especially with the bullpen. You know, I just look at the Dodger bullpen, and, yeah, their, their starters are okay, and, and Maeda hasn't really been great. He wasn't great in game one. He wasn't great in the series before um, against the Nationals. But do you think this, they have enough in the bullpen to be able to stand up and, and kind of really compete with the Cubs in later innings especially? 
Yeah, I no. I, the short answer is no. I, I think I think the Dodgers do themselves proud if they get this to to a game six because once they clear Kershaw, you know, then the 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 Cubs go back to having the head-to-head pitching, starting pitching advantage, you know, until Kershaw's turn comes back around. Um, and I think, um, you know, even though they got the Chapman last night, I, I, I'll still take my chances with him um, and the other guys around him before the guys leading up to uh, to Jansen for the Dodgers. So, yeah, I mean, I, I thought the Cubs were going to win the National League to begin with, and I would have thought that now against Washington or, or L.A. They're just, they're just too good. I mean, that's been the case all year long. If they need to win one nothing, they can. If they need to win eight six, they can as well. And they've got Baez going right now, um, and it just to, to me, they've just got too many different ways to get to the finish line. So the Dodgers certainly are not going to get swept. I, I don't think, and I I think it's not going to be easy for Chicago, uh, but I do think they can get this done before Game Seven. Andrew Bogus here with us here on the board with G, the New York Sports Edition here on Blog Talk Radio, WRSP Radio, and WRSP Sports. All right, Andrew, let's go over to series, uh, the AL Championship Series between Cleveland and Toronto. Game one, the Tribe take it 2 nothing. They blank the high-powered Blue Jays in and hold them down again in game two, a 2-1 to victory. How impressive you've been with the way that the Indians have been pitching with their starters, especially you know, without Carrasco and without Salazar. I wasn't sure that the Josh Tomlins and Trevor Bowers, and we'll talk about Trevor Bauer in just a minute here, um, we're going to be able to hold up. How impressed have you been with the, the way the Stars have been pitching? Considering I, I picked Toronto to hit their way through the series and get get to the World Series, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty surprised. I, this, is, um, this has been fantastic. I mean, they're just – Tito's maybe my second favorite manager. I just I, – I love Joe Madden too much, but anybody ahead of him – um, he's pulling all the right, all the right strings. I mean, that's a, that team has such an amazing balance and variation, and they've figured out guys who were struggling and not living up to expectations have now, you know, found roles and spots in the lineup and are doing damage from there. Guys like Lonnie Chisholm-Hall. Um, yeah, just they're just they're just doing things right right now. And Francona's using the bullpen to perfection, and Miller's been fantastic. Um, I, you know, obviously, I think Toronto gets goes back home and gets a boost. Uh, probably finds a long ball or two and makes it interesting. But, yeah, this has been uh, a really nearly flawless first two games for Cleveland. Absolutely. And talk a little bit about the moment. Now we've got about three minutes left, unfortunately. Um, just about the, the importance of having a guy like Andrew Miller, an absolute weapon in that bullpen. He can come in in the fifth inning. He can come in in the seventh inning. He can close if you need him to. He's pitched, uh, he's pitched two and three yards in this, in this series. He's got ten strikeouts. Just, I know yeah. we've seen him a lot here in New York. But just talk a little bit about the importance that Andrew Miller has on this Indian bullpen. Well, I'm not old enough to remember when teams used um, their top reliever like this all the time, but I, I, I would love it for it to make a comeback. At, uh, I know Brian Kenny on MLB Network is a big pusher uh, of, this, of this usage for bullpen guys, uh, and I guess I'm a disciple. It's just, you know, there's the, the, the last three outs of a game are not always the, the most dangerous. They might be the toughest and they're nerve-wracking, but – you know, the game might be won or lost in the seventh, and if you can put a guy there that's Andrew Miller and get the job done then, the rest of the game might be that much easier. So uh, I love everything about what Terry Francona is doing, and I hope teams take note and find ways to do it um, moving forward because things are so specialized now and so overthought. Just put a guy out there, get, get four outs when they matter, whether in the sixth or the ninth, and be done with it. Uh, and so Andrew Miller, to me, 
I hope this is the beginning of a, a trend around baseball. Yeah, it's very unconventional, but it's, you know, as you said, it's it's kind of a trendy thing to do right now. Put your pitchers in the best possible position to help save the game at that very moment when it needs to be. All right, unfortunately, we've got about a minute left. Give me who wins this series and why do you believe they win this series and will go on to the uh, World Series? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Cleveland in six. I think you know, to spot them these first two games, not what I would have told you if we talked before the series started, but you know, now we're in a position where Toronto's got to win four out of five to advance, and I just don't think Cleveland uh, will let them do that between Kluber and Miller uh, and the, kind of the, the spunky way they get their offense. And I don't think Toronto's got enough juice offensively to do that as well. Uh, so I, I think we're going to get a, a Cleveland-Chicago. Somebody's curse is going to end. Somebody's drought is going to end uh, in the World Series. That's what I've got as well. My friend Andrew Bogus, thank you so much for jumping on with me. And you can find him at Andrew Bogus on Twitter for all his goodness, all his great baseball insight. Uh, and, and you can hear him on the CBS Sports Radio Network and, of course, Bogus at the plate as well. Andrew, I appreciate some time. And you finally get on. It was a big help here at the show. Uh, it's, it's my pleasure. And, again, my apologies for, uh, for, for being late. Next time I will be early. Hey, no problem. I'm glad, uh, glad we ended up making it and you didn't, uh, you didn't Matt Reynolds me. <laughs> I'm not that good enough for that. <laughs> All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Be good.